Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of this week's episode where I'm stomping with Kitty Scott Claus in Regent's Park. So far we've discussed Louis' experience being on RuPaul's Drag Race as Kitty and how he got into drag, but now I'm keen to dive into Louis' life lessons. We are currently rustling a few leaves. You might be able to hear that, we can boot a few leaves <laughs> for you guys on the stomp cast. Louis and I have had a great conversation. We've already had some nuggets for life, which is brilliant. In this section, we're going to be deep diving into to life lessons. But first of all, we're going to start off with life after the show. Yeah. How has it been? Uh, do you know what? A Amazing. drag? <laughs> <laughs> no, anything but. Anything but a drag. Honestly, doing drag race has opened doors that I never knew like would be open to me. For me, growing up, I never saw representation of myself, like queer people on the television or in the mainstream. And so in my head, it was like, it, would, it never crossed my mind that like, well, that could happen. You could have queer people proudly like, and positively shown on television. I think that's the thing, like growing up, there would have been like one gay character on, on a TV show and they would always be like killed off or, or oh, something terrible. It's like, it shows that queer people are the same as everyone else. So. The fact that Drag Race has opened doors for me and allowed me to do amazing, amazing things that I never thought would happen. Like, I never thought I'd be on Celebrity MasterChef. Like, what? We love those long days. <laughs> we love, <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> they were, I was trying to say they were, no, they're not. I do love, I'm not, don't, don't John Tro, don't chase me. I do actually love the show. John can Fantastic. chase me. I'm just upset because I undercooked the chicken and, you know, it wasn't <laughs> ideal. Charlie's been horrified. But I was annoyed because what happened, okay, so I've been practicing this recipe and I'm telling you now, it was a lovely recipe. Uh, basically, it was effectively like a spicy chicken, slow cooked with, uh, well, not very slow cooked, we didn't have much time, did we? Oh, I was going to say, no time there, you know, cauliflower rice and whatever oh, very lovely. nice okay cauliflower rice very nice dish um and i'd practiced using boneless thighs right and on the day of course they chucked me one with a bone in it so i knew i had to do this i had to be to the second it was a very tight oh, dish to make no. whacked it in to cook it straight you've got to get it straight on i didn't yeah. even look at the thighs and you couldn't see the bone but if you have bone in the thigh obviously yeah, it takes yeah. a little longer to cook so when um I think it was John who cut into it. When he cut into it and opened it up, it was, of course, raw. But no. do you know what? I still got through because I said it tasted so nice. Well, there we go. Despite the potential food poisoning, it would have been worth it, clearly. Do you know what? I had one with chicken as well. I never did chicken on the show, and then I did chicken pie. Oh, and lovely. I... Perfect this time of year as well. Well, amazing for this time of year. I, when I practiced at home, I'd always just use, like, chicken thighs, like, bonus chicken thighs. Yes, yes. And they gave me a whole chicken. I was like, oh, my God, like, it's not going to cook in time. And so I literally, oh I cooked the chicken for as long as I could. And then I was like, I need to get it in the pie. And I learned this. I was like, if they come around and, like, start, like, nibbling on your food, yeah. I was like, well, they're going to come around and see my chicken's not cooked. So I yeah. cut off all the pieces that were cooked, put them in the pie, and chucked it in the bin. Good and they idea. never knew. I got they through, never I was knew. like... Yeah. Do you know what? Smart thinking. It's all <laughs> exactly. about these little quick life hacks that, that get us through. I was like, through. if they don't see that it's not cooked, 
then they're not going to be like, that chicken isn't done. Well, it's done. Well, clearly, I, I sadly, I, I was, my face actually, it's a funny, you can Google it and see the image, the video of my face when he can, because I felt kind of slightly smug because I knew I'd cooked a smashing dish. Oh, okay. I was like, whatever happens here, whether it go out or not, I was like, this is a strong dish. <laughs> and my eyes, as I saw the pink in the middle, I was like, oh, oh no. You joking me. <laughs> How dare you trick me with a bone in your thigh. <laughs> So tell me, what is your highlight? Was it MasterChef, or what was, what's been the highlight? I suspect probably not MasterChef. What's your highlight been after, after the show? Do you know, for me, there's been so many. I grew up doing musical theatre, and one of my goals was to be like, I want to be on the West End. And I never, when I was at drama school, they would always ask us, like, what part do you want to be on the West End? And I was always like, I want to be Glinda in Wicked. Yeah. I want to be... I was never drawn to the male parts. I was always drawn to the female parts, which I think is so interesting that, like, I ended up being a drag queen um, and then literally six months after finishing Drag Race I had a call and it was like do you want to be the lead leading lady in this show so we were at the Criterion for, oh. for two and a bit months which show was that? it was called Death Drop so it was an all drag cast which was yeah. amazing it was incredible so it was Drag King oh, and the lead part as well yeah awesome. and it was amazing and it was so much fun and it was actually the same time that we were doing Masterchef yeah so oh, I was gosh, doing a bit of a Masterchef strength. in the day <laughs> oh, fantastic. and then doing yeah. Death Drop uh, yeah. in the evenings which was crazy scheduling wise so that was a highlight oh like it's all like little silly things like I did a um I'm a huge Spice Girls fan. I love yeah. the Spice Girls. And um, for the 25th anniversary of Wannabe, they did, with Spotify, a, um, they recreated, like, the Spice Bus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So we got... Um, they had, like, five drag queens, one as each of the Spice Girls. So I was baby. And they put us on the Spice Girls bus and drove us around London. And it was, um, it was one of those things where it was like... This is so I cool. I cannot believe this is my That's life. So cool. like, that is actually so cool. And it was so actually, cool. like, a morning. I was like... I think this is like the highlight of my life. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And I think that's where I think it's important, again, like, like with social media, that, that the reality TV has its pros and cons. I mean, it can, mm. yes, there are the dark sides of it, but there are real opportunities to do things that you're passionate about. And, like, you know, I, I can't I've imagined doing anything more different to what I've done, what, you know, like being on Love Island. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's given me the opportunity to do things. Like, I'm literally walking with you here. It's my <laughs> dream to have a podcast. Exactly. Walking and talking, doing what I love. Like, my most enjoyed hobby is just walking. I feel oh, like, oh, God, it's, it's, that's so boring. I was like, I love it. I no, it's not, it's not boring. It's, I it's, love it. I yeah. love getting outside. And especially when I've got my dog Rolo with me, it's, it's such a dream to, you know, have people like you. you lo I learn from everyone I walk with. And I yeah. feel always feel enriched after these conversations. So, you know, you won't ask me my highlight, but I feel like it is very oh. much <laughs> What, if you look back on your life, what are the times where you've had moments you've really learnt from and thought, do you know what, I'll hold that one with me, good and bad? Okay, do you know a big one that stuck with me for years? I remember at drama school being taught that you shouldn't be a second-rate version of somebody else, you need to be 100% yourself. And I remember hearing that and like not really understanding it and being like, well, I want to, I want to work and I want to do well in whatever. So I'm going to copy the people that, yes, and like imitate what what they do. But I think like allowing yourself to, like trust in yourself and know like what makes me different and what makes me individual and who I am. That's that's my own superpower. And people will be drawn to that over you trying to be a second-rate version of somebody else. So I think allowing yourself to be completely and authentically yourself is so important. I really relate to that because I think I spent a lot of my time growing up thinking, right, this is what it means to be 
a man, for example, like look at mm. men's health magazines, I need to train. Like I've now got damaged vertebrae in my back that I'm pretty sure it's because I was training so wow. heavy and poorly when I was younger, lifting so heavy and these kind of things. Can't be sure, but I'm kind of pretty confident that's why. Yeah. You know, so I grew up with the idea that to be successful or to be whatever, mm. I need to take the best parts of everything else. Yes. And I think it's taken me a very long time to realise that there is literally only one of you. You are you are genetically your DNA, although it has parts of, you know, every, you know we are all a jumble of similar building blocks. Yeah. You are absolutely unique. 100%. You are entirely unique. And the only way that you can be, I think, truly happy in your own skin is accepting that you will never, ever, ever be a better version of anyone else. You'll no. never, ever. They are them. And you are you. And the sooner you learn to detach from trying to be them, oh, the yeah. sooner you'll find you. And you you find peace within yourself and you realise, like, it literally doesn't matter. Do you know, I've always been, like, bigger. I've, I'm, I'd never considered myself, like, fat. But I'm, like, I'm bigger boned. I'm a, I'm a bigger person than, like, my siblings. Mm. And I think, like, growing up and being around, like, four of the boys and like, my one sister, they were so slim. I was like... Why am I different? Mm. It's like allowing yourself to realise, okay, like, yes, we're the same, like, mm. genetics, but it's like a different amalgamation yeah. of everything. Well, I mean, and it's even like, for me, you say that, I mean, I, I, I'm naturally similar. So when I was growing up, I actually found it was quite thin because I grow really tall. But mm. naturally, it, you know, I am someone that will always be big. I'd have to starve myself in fact i did yeah. have to to go on when i went on love island to have abs because that's just not my you know it's just not and, and i get you know where you can call calories in calories out and yeah, all yeah, stuff. yeah your genetic makeup is such a predeterminant to 100%. your what will become your body's norm yeah yeah, yeah. now i finally it took me very many years finally learned that what i enjoy about going to the gym or exercise or whatever mm. is actually how it makes me feel yeah knowing that i'm physically able and that I feel mentally good, and I finally, I think, shared. We all have hang-ups, we all have things like, oh, I want to change this or that or the other. You're never going to be, anyone that says, oh, I'm kind of completely happy in my skin, no. I don't quite believe you. You might be very <laughs> completely comfortable in your own skin, Yeah. but it might, I doubt there's like absolutely nothing that you'd want to change. Oh, of course, there's always little I finally, I think, tweet. you know, finally got to the stage where, by and large, good days and bad, obviously, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin, and that is an important thing, I think, so as well. Important. And good for you, like, amazing, especially, a show like Love Island to go on that and to have your like to see yourself every single day topless and like in the pool mm. in in the sunshine I think like that for me I would find that like mm. crazy well, it, it, it really does get like, you you know and it and it, it can, even the person with a sh like I say strongest mind and actually that's probably a poor use of word but even person with you know clear understanding of the pressures that can happen and the mindsets you can get in you know I was sat there I remember sometimes and I wouldn't eat a lot of food to be honest mm. but I was eating say chips and then I was like feeling myself I was like oh my god I've put on fat I've got so fat and I mean like literally I was underweight oh, wow. I was so skinny and yeah. like I'm like, oh my god! Like you see how you can get into these like mindsets. Yeah, like, so easily. Like, Gosh, I don't need to be like that now. I'm like, whatever. And I think that's going back to what you said. I think as soon as you're able to kind of harness and you know accept your strengths and your weaknesses and so on, I think you become very powerful at that point, don't you? Absolutely. And I think it's so important to just know that it's okay to be yourself, and there's no one else like you. So why would you even want to be a second-rate version of somebody else when you can be? Your, your own authentic self and it doesn't matter what you look like or how big you are or how tall you are or how you dress it's like as long as you're comfortable within yourself that's when like 
the real magic happens. Now, without opening Pandora's box, what do you, what are your kind of thoughts on gender? And I think there's a huge, so you see it all over TikTok at the moment, all the mm. news, everyone's talking about what does it mean? What, what is gender? How do you decide at which, you know, what category you're in? When should we be getting people to think about that? What, what's your thoughts you know, on it? I think it's, it's open for interpretation for everyone. I don't believe there's two genders at all. I think gender as a construct is so, wild that it's like you are a man you must do man things you are a girl you like a woman i remember growing up and feeling like well i don't feel like a man i don't feel like i don't like the things my brothers like i'm not interested in i want like disney princesses and pink and and so i definitely like i think growing up you obviously think like well i'm not what society would call a man i'm not like how they would define manly characteristics and like my job now, it, like everything. And I think it's allowing yourself to have the freedom to explore and think like, well, okay, if I'm not a man per se, what am I? And it's allowing yourself the freedom to think like, well, am I non-binary? Am I trans? Am I genderqueer? I, am I anything? And that, like the thing is, there's, there's so many examples of different cultures and like exploring and like embracing a third gender and and everything like everything like that i think for me personally like i'm a man but i i think gender and the constructs that it has are so wild i remember before doing drag i remember thinking like well am i non-binary am i trans am i like what what is going on because i don't fit into society as as a man per se and i think doing drag showed me that like okay no I definitely am a man <laughs> my favorite part of drag is taking it off taking the wig off and just being like Mm-mm. oh but it, it like doing drag it gives you the freedom to express just everything that you're feeling and to, to allow yourself to well, maybe like I just think gender is so silly well it's such a so it, it is by definition a social construct isn't mm. it like when you dig into when you look at like sex, so people go, oh, there's two sex, male and female. Well, that isn't that isn't true to start with because two mm. percent of the population are intersex. They're exactly. neither stereotypically born male or female. There may be a mixture of the two, more to, more towards female and more towards male, um, and the genetics sometimes, or, and the, also the way they express their genetics. So phenotype, what's seen, the characteristics that are that are seen. So actually, yeah. you're not. You know, there is there is two percent of the world. There's quite a lot of people that are neither mm. male oh my God, yeah. or female. But then as soon as you leave that, you go into well, what does it mean to actually be a boy or, or, or a man? Exactly. And, and I think that's what's really interesting. I think the bit that I, I guess that I, I think is very important is that we allow people to be what they want to be and also we're to also to, to allow them the time that they want to decide. And I think what yeah. I wouldn't want is to see young kids trying to decide, like, I am a boy or I'm a girl yes. before they're ready to. And the reason I say that is because... Jeez, if you asked me when I was 10 years old, oh my God, I what are you? I'd say that I was a boy because I was told I was a boy. Yeah. But if someone said, well, what does that mean? Exactly. Then well, you're I don't like, know. I'm well, a boy. I'm, I'm 10 <laughs> years old. I've I got a clue. I don't know. So I think it's just a lot. <laughs> if we can get to the space where you just allow people to almost like, you know, like a meandering river, they, it finds its way, doesn't yeah. it, to the ocean. And it'll always find its it'll way. It'll always find its way. Then I think that that is the, it's got to be the dream, hasn't it? It's so important as well, like you said, about not rushing it and not putting a time limit on it. I remember like, even coming out, it's, I remember people being like, are you gay, are you gay? It's like, why are you trying to push 
for an answer when like, and this was really when I was at school when I was like 13 and it's like, I don't know what gay is. Mm. I'm not interested in girls, I'm not interested in boys. Mm. I, I just want to be me, in the words of the GC. Um, <laughs> and it's like, why are you trying to like push for an answer yeah. when it's like, I don't, it's like stupid things. Like at school, people would be like, are you a virgin? It's like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so, yeah. That, yeah I, 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 and I think that's the bit like I, I just think it's so much. Just let, honestly, just stop forcing people to decide. And also the other point is, is that um, let people change their minds. Yeah. And, and it's I, also, you, it's know, not you can, you can decide that you are, you could, for example, say, do you know what, I'm uh, bisexual, and then you might decide I'm gay. Yeah. Or actually, no, I decide I'm straight. You can be, you can decide and change your, your mind. And I think that's important things with pronouns as well. 100%. You're not fixed to your pronouns. No, so God, if you no. want to change them, you might be 50 and change it. That's fine. Yeah. Do what you want to do. And I think it's so important to do it in your own time. There's no point rushing. And with, with pronouns as well, it's like, I think it's so important to obviously respect people's pronouns. It's, your, it's not someone else's place to say, well, you're a man, so your pronouns are, are he, him. It's like, but no, you've not, you've not lived the experience that that person has been. There's no one that can tell that person what they are. It's up to them. And that's what should be like- Respected. Respected and honored. So now I'm going to get on to our health fact of the week, and it's very, very apt because we are in winter, okay. but it's also sunny, and it's a clear, sunny, beautiful day. Now, the health fact this week, I want to talk about vitamin D. So vitamin D is important for our bone health, but it's also really, really important for our mental health, our mood, and our energy as well. So it's essential, really, for our bodies. We get some of it from various foods, but quite frankly, we rely on the sunlight to get mm -hmm. most of it. So we synthesize it from sunlight. The problem is, and it's very ironic, sunny day, the problem <laughs> is through late autumn, through to spring, they, we just cannot get, even if you spent most of your day outside, you would not get enough vitamin D from the sunlight to actually maintain the levels you need in your body. And so for so many people that are expected by um, seasonal affective disorder, so SADS or winter yes. depression, a lot of it's actually related to the amount of vitamin D they have. And the NHS, it's, the, it's pretty much the only supplement that they say that you should take in the winter is vitamin D. It's a recent change in the guidance. Oh, wow. So they say that if you're an adult and there is not a good reason that you shouldn't be taking it, i.e. your doctor hasn't told yes, you not yeah. to, then you should be taking vitamin D throughout the winter. So in the morning, that, as well as taking my sertraline for mental health, I pop my vitamin D uh, tablet. And I have that every single day. Amazing. And I can honestly say that I did that last winter and this winter, and it's transformed my energy levels. Oh, wow. Do you know what? Vitamin D, for me, I remember during COVID and the lockdowns when everyone was like, oh my gosh, like there's nothing you can take. I remember reading online, like vitamin D, it helps increase everything. So yeah. I started taking it throughout lockdown and I've actually stopped. But now you said that, I'm going to start must, taking it again. You must, I say to everyone listening, just trust me on this. If, if I was to go and do blood tests on all of you uh, in January, the vast majority would have lower levels of vitamin D than their normal baseline. So what that effectively means is that you are underserving your bones and underserving your mental health and your energy levels. I cannot wow. recommend heart more highly. And also the important thing to say is that, you know, we're supposed to wear SPF all year round. Like I wear SPF every morning. Absolutely. So I put SPF on this morning before going for a walk, even though it's winter. So effectively, what we're saying is that if you're using sunscreen properly, you're putting SPF 30 minimum on your face, and your body parts aren't exposed, you're not going to get vitamin D in that way. So you, you have to supplement it, basically. Yeah. So a top tip I would really give you, take vitamin D. I take it actually all year round, to be honest, because 
we spend a lot of time indoors anyway, if we're honest, even the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And an interesting example of that is the place with the highest levels of vitamin D pretty much on the planet is Dubai, one of the hottest countries. Oh, wow. Because it's so hot yeah. that people either stay inside in the air conditioning out of the sunlight or they wear a huge amounts of SPF. Yeah. So they don't get much vitamin D. Oh, my God. So even in hot places, you're still at risk. So tip is, take vitamin D. As long as, as long as your doctor's happy that you can do that, take vitamin D. If, you, if your body has enough of it, it will just excrete it through oh, urine. Fantastic. There we go. That's the health fact of the week. That's amazing. I've literally got vitamin D at home. I'm going to take one when I get go, home. There we go. I have really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much uh, for spending time with Insurance. Some great life lessons as well. I hope you've enjoyed. Thank you for having me. I've had a fabulous time. We've had a, fa- a fabulous day. And we're so, I feel so great. Days like this, I feel so grateful. I feel grateful for my life. I feel grateful for the people in my life. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I have. I'm grateful for the sun on my skin. Um, I try and practice gratitude right not quite a lot. And I, I really feel pretty grateful at the moment so thank you to everyone for uh, joining uh, us on the Stompcast today i hope you've enjoyed this episode i have no doubt that you will have um, again if you were triggered by some of the conversations earlier support in the show notes but there's some great life lessons i think that we've we've talked about and one of the biggest ones is like you know what own what you have enjoy your life right absolutely take so care everyone important. enjoy your day whatever you're doing and goodbye Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Louis Westwood, a.k.a. Kitty Scott Claus, and well done for completing your stomp. If you enjoyed this, please drop us a little review. It really helps us to spread the word about the Stompcast. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.